Welcome back to Ho Radio, sponsored by Ho Cosmetics. With sex-proof makeup, I am fucking pretty. Hey Ho, Lydia Dupra here, aka the Ho Mentor, and I mentor hoes. That's right, hoes! Wow, it's been a while, but I am back. I can't believe I'm even saying that again. It's been over a year since I made a podcast episode, but I'm super lucky because... I took a step back from my own company, Ho Cosmetics, and it's been amazing, not only for me, but the company itself. People got promoted, people got raises, and people got hired to compensate for my absence, and the company is doing better than ever. So much so that I've actually been having a hard time accepting that my company runs better without me. Um, Well, without me involved in in the day-to-day, at least. Um... I feel that I'm overly passionate about everything and I tend to make people nervous when I'm there. Like, oh shit, the CEO is here. And I feel like I just throw off the vibe by just merely being there. So it's been it's been amazing for everyone. It's it's been one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make with the company is just like letting go. But I truly feel that it's what's best for everyone. And especially for you guys too, because now I can focus on other projects like this podcast and continue to be helpful to the community that we've built up over the years. And especially because you guys are the, they're responsible for the success of my company in the first place. So it feels good to really refocus on the community, you know, that, that started it all. Um, so restarting this podcast is really my first step back into mentorship. But I feel like even though it's bittersweet with, you know, having to step back from my company a little bit, it's, it is the growth that we all needed. Um, also, now that my audience has grown to a larger group of people and it's not just sex workers, I want to offer my insight that helps everyone with this podcast. So we're going to cover the topics that I get asked for advice the most often. And um, today we're going to talk about love and relationships, sex work, business, and money. These questions were submitted today on my Insta story. And as the podcast grows, there will be a website where you can submit questions around the clock. So for now, make sure you follow me on Instagram at The Home Mentor for a chance to submit your questions for future episodes. Okay, <laughs> so let's get started. Um, I have a special guest today. It is Daron Burgundy. He is a street veteran turned urban explorer. TikTok star and one of my best friends in the whole world. With these questions, I thought it'd be fun for him to chime in with a male perspective on these topics and to make sure to follow him on TikTok. What's your TikTok? Also say hi. Hey. <laughs> my TikTok is da.ron underscore. And what's your Instagram? Uh, rr underscore da underscore ron. So yeah, follow him. He's hilarious and just a breath of fresh air with the way he does uh, his business, which I get, (laughs) we'll get into that. Uh, He is a drug dealer. No, I'm I'm joking. No, he does Tour de LA. So it's urban exploring where he interacts with people on the streets. And just the whole thing is just this incredible comedic journey that is also very dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, So our first topic that a host submitted is a love question. It's kind of deep to just get right into it. And she said, how to deal with loving someone, but you're unable to be with them. 
So sometimes I feel like you need to love someone from a distance and if that's truly what's best for you both. Um, I'm going through something like that myself and it's taught me a lot of independence and to look inward and you can really get clarity on why that person and you had to separate. If the love is a real deal, just be patient and move forward with yourself because you'll never regret becoming a better person along the way. And if you guys do get back together, you'll be a better partner because you had time to work on yourself. And then if you don't get back together, you will still have done that necessary work so you can bring your better self into your next relationship. Um, So it's truly a win-win, even though it feels like a loss uh, right now. Deron? Um, Yeah, I agree. Like, I feel like if you give yourself time to take care of yourself before you take care of others that's really important mm-hmm. um I feel like I'm personally a little selfish in that way where I prioritize myself before I, I can prioritize others but yeah I definitely agree like sometimes you do need to take time and work on yourself before you can get back into things yeah and it's also like people separate for a reason so I feel like it's good to be able to reflect on that um also I would say try not to force anything with them because it can just push them further away so I feel like if it's true love you can respect their boundaries and try to see things from their point of view and and if it's meant to be you can't fuck that up you know what's meant for you is meant for you this next question I love um just like the way they worded it what are your thoughts on a 22-year-old girl seriously dating a bum of a 41-year-old man? I don't know why. Like, I, feel, I feel like she already knows how she feels about it. Um, I have a lot of experience with older men, and I really don't have much nice to say about it, uh, but I have a lot to say about it. So first and foremost, move cautiously. Older men who seek out significantly younger women tend to be immature, vain, and bad in the relationship department. Like, to me, whenever a man is still single in his 40s, guess what? No one else wanted him. (laughs) Like, it's pretty much it, you know? Unless he's just that, you know, independent, which still means that he's maybe relationships are not what he's best at. Also, something else that stresses me out is whatever bad traits they have, because they're older, they're better at hiding them. And that's why one of the reasons why I love dating younger men, I can see their bullshit from a mile away. Like every 19 year old I, I have literally dated, it's over in three months because I've seen, I've seen the bullshit. Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier to detect the bullshit when they're younger just because they're just not seasoned at being good bullshitters. <laughs> they're just not great at lying to women yet. Yeah, exactly. How do you feel about dating younger women? Well, you're 36. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I feel like more so, obviously, if it's appropriate, the age is is just a number. Um, Obviously, you got to be within, you know, reason. But um, I feel like a lot of it is maturity. There's people that I've met that are way younger than me that are way more mature than me. (laughs) And I've also met the opposite. I feel way more mature than someone that's younger than me. I think the level of maturity matters even more. And I think that comes from people's life experiences. Some people have been through a lot more than others. Yeah. Do you you know any, like, older guys? Like, do you have any older guy friends that, like, only seek out younger girls? 
Yeah, I have seen that for sure. Um, and I think it's more of like a they want to feel like a macho macho kind of thing, mm-hmm. like like oh I can bag a younger girl kind of thing. Well, this girl said he's a bum. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's definitely immature. Um, so I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. Like if you were, I feel like if she worded the question, like we're super in love, I'm just scared because of the age difference. She called him a bum. Um, so I've, I mean, I did, I dated a, a guy that you also know. We had, we were, we had a 17 year age difference and I felt it a lot, especially towards the end. Also, I feel like older men are just more racist like, like it's it's so hard to for them to unlearn things and when you're like the newer generation your ideals of of what's going on in the world are going to be so much different than like what older guys think so it's like if he's a bum and stubborn I just I don't know I, I don't see the appeal I wish you well if you're happy but once a bum always a bum especially at 41 <laughs> Not off to a good start at all. <laughs> yeah, like, do you do you think that a guy like who's mi- like middle aged like that is capable of changing, especially if he has bum tendencies? I think anybody's capable of changing, but not everybody's willing to put in that kind of work to yeah. make that happen. So it, it is possible, but I wouldn't call it impossible. Maybe improbable, but yeah. <laughs> I found out about that four hundred one k first. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Okay, so next topic. So since this is like the first episode back, I don't really know how long it's going to take to answer a bunch of questions. So I figure like just pick two from each each topic. So the second topic I get asked about a lot is business topics. Um, and someone said, what's the best way to start a business on a budget? A lot of people don't realize I started Whole Cosmetics with $5,000. It's literally it. And now it's a multi-million dollar company. Um, It is not hard to start uh, a modern business with almost no money, uh, especially if it's an internet-based business and especially if it's a service-based business. Like if you're doing consulting, you don't need any supplies for that because you're selling a service. Um, If you're in a product-based business, you can put things available for pre-order. So that basically means people are paying for the product before you have to buy it yourself. I feel like that's like the best way to to get funding without making sure you don't lose any money. I use Shopify and Shopify has a two week free trial so you can build your website and have it ready to go before even spending any money. And and you just launched your merch, Duran. So do you have any tips on on like how you started your business and was budgeting like a big concern for you? Um, budgeting was definitely a concern. Um, just because I wasn't looking to put in a whole lot of capital in the beginning and I needed to test the waters for my market first. Yeah. So that was a huge concern. I didn't want to like invest way too much and then just have everything flop mm-hmm. and then be stuck with a bunch of product I can't sell. But yeah, there's definitely like so many opportunities out there. I feel like with the e-commerce world, drop shipping is just a, 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 one example of many. Oh yeah, dropshipping is great. Yeah, you don't have to hold any inventory. I have a friend that's like a guru and she's killing it. And she literally travels the world and works from a computer with the internet. That's and, amazing. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Dropshipping is pretty much when you're advertising a product, 
but another company, typically the manufacturer, receives the orders and they pack and ship the product for you. It's such an incredible uh, life hack there. Next question is, someone said tips on pitching to investors. I love this question because I, I get pitched all the time. People are constantly trying to get me investing in their business. Um, and I never do. I, I, I have never, I don't think I've ever invested in anyone's company before. Um, and because no one's ever pitched me properly. So I'm going to give it to you straight here. Whenever people approach me, they always approach me with what they want, which is money or advice. And it's never what they can offer me. So to me, it's like, if you're going to sell me, if you're going to ask me for money, I better be getting something in it, uh, in return and something good. So present yourself as like, Hey, I have an opportunity for you and rather not being a charity case. Also be prepared to give more and get less. So if I was unsure about something, I might ask for a bigger stake in their company or just offer them less money than they originally wanted. So don't go into it with your ego. Also, you need to know what you're asking for. Like, are you asking for a loan or are you asking for a business partner? And there's pros and cons to that. Like a business partner is going to make sure that their investment is working for them. So they might be able to dive in and help out with the company. Um, but a lender's not going to care because they're going to make sure they get their money from you either by you doing what you're supposed to do or through legal legal ways. Personally, I would always rather take a loan than have a business partner because I just don't like anyone in my fucking business. Um, except Pilar. Love you, Pilar, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, but that's completely different. Also, when you're looking for an investor... Um, only approach people that are familiar with the industry. Like people pitch me all the time to invest in their cannabis business. And as much as I'd like to, I don't know anything about cannabis. So it wouldn't be smart for me to invest money in something I don't know anything about. So whatever industry you are currently in, look for people in that same industry. The chances of them saying yes are going to be way, way higher than, um, than just picking some random person who you know has money. Uh, also, do not waste their time. <laughs> uh, I hate having my time wasted, so make sure you come to them correctly. Come, come to them with your business plan. Just have it all laid out. Make it easy. Have a beautiful presentation. Don't give them a reason to tell you no. And even if they do tell you no today, it's that's not a no forever. So there's always going to be an opportunity for you to improve your business and then and then come back with a better offer one day. So don't get discouraged if people tell you no. I think the guy who started Starbucks like got turned down for a loan like hundreds of times by the bank and then one someone gave him a shot and now he's a, it's a household name. So Duran, do you have any input? Yeah, if you I feel like if you're going to try and sell something cuz that's what it comes down to is you better have your product knowledge down. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I was used to be in sales, that was the majority of it is just knowing the ins and outs of everything so that way you can comfortably speak on it. Cuz when you're sitting there and you're, you're fumbling over your words and you just don't know enough about it to sell it, it the pitch is going to go to shit. That makes a lot of sense because I guess if someone was pitching me, I'd be like, okay, tell me about your product. Like, imagine if they didn't know. Yeah. Well, well, it's just an idea at this point. Okay, come back when you know what the fuck you're talking about. Exactly. That's a great point. Okay, so now these questions 
our sex work topic. So I'm super curious to see your input on this. <laughs> but I think I think you'll be able to relate because you have done sex work. No, <laughs> no, confirmed. He has not. He has not. Um, I so personally, I love this question. It really spoke to me. The question is, will I lose out? on a lot of escorting clients because I don't drink or do drugs. It's a yes and a no. It's in the short term. You might literally lose more offers from from the party clients. Like, you know, hey, do you party? So you might not get those customers. But nine times out of ten, when you get involved in that, you will develop a habit which ends up costing you money. <laughs> so say, you know, a guy pays you extra money to do Coke, but now that you're a Cokehead, you're spending all of your money on Coke. <laughs> so you actually were paid to form a habit. And that's exactly what happened to me when I was escorting. A client had paid me to do Coke. All it took was one time. And then I fell down this crazy rabbit hole. And what ended up happening was, well, a number of things. But while I was in my active addiction what was happening was normal clients didn't want to see me anymore because I was very obviously on drugs so then it came down I lost all of my normal clients and then I only had clients who partied so my addiction got even worse I ended up hospitalized so now you have hospital bills if you ever get caught by the police now you've got jail time you have legal fees and then ultimately when you end up in rehab um, that's going to cost you a lot of money too. So I think long-term you, you lose money, um, by entertaining those clients. Hearing you speak on that for me, what it would come down to, I feel like is time. And if you're sitting there and you're, you're developing a, a drug problem and then you have to go through treatment, that's time down the drain. And that's mm-hmm. by far way more valuable than any dollar that you'll make. Period. That's, that's fucking deep. Time is precious. Yeah, I mean, and and that's what escorts are ultimately in the business of is is selling time. So it's like, how are you gonna sell your time if you don't even value your own time? Oh, that's so insightful. <laughs> Sometimes you really surprise me. <laughs> um, I'm so curious to see what she thinks about this next one. So she, this girl said, clients that don't intend on extending their booking, but they haven't finished quote unquote and they're running over on time she says like at what point do you need to tell them to leave and this is such a good question I love this because it puts you in a tough spot because it's like you don't want to kick him out before he's done but first and foremost escorts don't sell sex they sell time so if you bought an hour you get an hour bud so always keep that in mind Whenever I, it was rare, but whenever I had a client who, who took a long time to finish, he was suffering from erectile dysfunction. That's a medical condition. And that's, it's an emotional condition that physically manifests with that symptom of not being able to finish. So I would always be a little bit more generous with my time because I put it like I'd categorize that as a medical condition. Um, but if If the guy is being greedy, then you kind of have to be a little bit more firm with him. So you still want to stay in character and not be like, hey, bud, time's up. You know, like that's not going to get you repeat business. And you always want to secure that repeat business because it's super expensive. It's way more expensive to source a new customer than retain 
the current customers that you have. So I would say something slick like, hey, let's pick this up next time. And you better not leave me wanting more like this again. So, like, make him feel guilty that he took so fucking long. Um, and then you can always say that you have another appointment. So, it's like, you're not just cutting him off because the hour is up. It's like, no, I literally, I literally have somewhere to be. And, dude, if you can't afford to extend the appointment, like, you know, like, obviously don't say that. But you can extend the time and, hey, I can cancel this booking or I, I have to go. Uh, to the other booking. So you want to leave it open-ended, try to be flirtatious. And if he's not playing into that flirtatiousness, that's when you have to be like, bro, um, I have another appointment. Um, But back to the erectile dysfunction thing, I had this one client who, after I really got to know him, he explained to me that he had like a very specific um, like phrase that would always make him come. So I tried to base like the whole session around this one phrase. And after that trust built between us, he was able to finish in a normal time. So if you do get a guy like that who can't finish, if you build that trust with him, he will probably only see you. So if you give him the extra few minutes in the first session or two, it might pay off majorly in the long run with securing that business. Um, Duran, did you have ha, has your dick uh ever stopped working? No, I've never struggled <laughs> with that, so I can't really relate to a whole lot of that. I guess. <laughs> have you have you ever like like you're you're fucking a girl and then you try not to come to make it last longer? Yeah, of course. I mean, especially if you're like early in, you know, you got to hold it back and switch it up so you can try something different. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do if you were to tell a girl like hey this is what will make a guy come really fast or like like what is a tip to to bypass a guy trying to to make it last longer when a girl just like randomly switches everything all up and just gets like hella freaky that's always like a huge turn on if you're approaching the 45 minute mark maybe the last 15 minutes i don't know do something different, change it up. So it's like, oh, okay. And then I don't know. Yeah. So it's almost like, like refocusing, putting in more effort, essentially. Yeah. That makes perfect final sense. Stretch. Yeah. Final stretch. Make it count. Yeah. So don't be a pillow princess. How <laughs> <laughs> do your fucking job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. So we're down to the last two questions. I really like this one. I get asked it all of the time. And that is, can money buy happiness? And I want to say yes so bad. Um, but it's there's a duality to it. So yes and no. What I've noticed is I didn't really meet myself until I became financially stable. Um, and it's because I can afford to feel all of my feelings now. And I had a lot of trauma that I was able to suppress because I was always so focused on my hustle. Then I become financially secure. I get everything I want in the world thinking like I had anticipated like, hey, when I get this Lamborghini, I'm going to be happy. When I get this Hermes bag, I'm going to be happy. So I became so disappointed when I got everything I wanted and I was still miserable. Uh, And that's because at the end of the day, money can buy you anything you want. Yes, but it cannot buy what humans actually need to be happy and it's not material items it's it's emotional things 
so I was very surprised <laughs> when, uh, when, when I realized everything that's terrible about me and all of my trauma. And then I was just super disappointed because I had like a different expectation of what money was, was capable of doing for me emotionally. And, um, I would say it's, it's really limited to comfort and convenience. And then you eventually adjust to that. So then that's just your new baseline and all of your problems are, are still very much the same emotionally. Like I, I literally trade everything I have just for inner peace and love and money cannot buy either one of those things. Um, Duran? I disagree Ooh. mostly because I feel like money can't buy you happiness. And for me, I look at it as like money can get me up in the sky so I can jump out of an airplane. And for me, that's like where I am most happy. Mm. That is my sanctuary. So if I didn't have money, obviously I wouldn't be able to do it because they're not going to be like, okay, yeah, just clean some dishes. We'll take you up. No, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work like that. So I feel like it does, for me at least, I don't measure true wealth in dollar signs. So there is a duality. You're right to that. Because I feel like in the physical world, yes, it does. But in like the, I guess your mental state, no, definitely not. Because that comes from, you know, what you have around you. Yeah, like, so basically, you know, because you, you love skydiving, but like you can't skydive all the time. So it's like when that jump is over and you go back to your normal life, every pre-existing issue is is still there. True, but for me, like I can go skydiving, I can be having like the shittiest day ever, and then as soon as I jump out that door, everything disappears. So although the problem's not going away, it's nice for me to be able to take a step back, separate myself from that problem or that day, whatever, and then take a break from it. And I like to, I call it a reset. Mm. And then that way I'm able to reset myself and then look at everything with a fresh open mind. Like, okay, now I'm less, I guess, less anxiety. So I'm able to face my problems better head on, I guess. So it's like therapy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that for me, for sure. I love that. And yeah, that's definitely a pro because like I've been able to afford like the, the health care that I need to deal with, you know, all of my problems. So it's like, that sucks. I'm realizing all these traumas about me, but you know, I was able to have in-home treatment because remember I had like, I had a nervous breakdown a few months ago and they wanted me to go to a mental hospital and like all this wild shit. But because I have money, I was able to get in-home treatment and therapy every day and, you know, medication that I needed. So it was like, okay. Um, so like, yes and no. And I think the answer will always be yes and no. Yeah. I mean, it just, it's like a debate pretty much. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be the pros and cons and there's no common ground that everyone will be happy on. Yeah. I think, and maybe that comes down to how you define happiness. That's true. Cause I feel like if you're able, cause a lot of people, when they ask me like, Oh, are you rich? And my answer is like, yes and no. Like financially, no, I'm doing okay, but I'm not, I wouldn't call myself rich. But I do consider myself rich because I do have so much good shit around me in my life. Good people, good friends, family, you know, and that's like super, super solid. And that is wealth. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people don't have that, you know, because 
a lot of people are just pieces of shit and <laughs> you know they don't they don't get the opportunity so that's how me personally i measure wealth like money's never really mattered to me it doesn't impress me and seeing like how people are valued or how they're perceived that that does impress me and and health is wealth too but also money can can buy you health yeah so so like i maybe maybe mostly yes money can facilitate things that make us happy yeah it can definitely help tip the scale faster mm-hmm. yeah like i i'd rather have money than not like a thousand percent but if there was a way to get like permanent happiness and it cost me everything i own i, I would buy it because i feel like my baseline is not happy it's like i'd say neutral at best and then it's like I go buy something and I'm like, ah, yay, helicopter, yacht, like Rolex. And then it's like, and then you see me later that day crying. Yeah, <laughs> so... yeah so it only it only lasts so long. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is I need to go shopping again. <laughs> oh, Sounds about right. Were we supposed to go on a yacht today? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week. Uh, okay, and then this is the last question. I guess it's um. This is a personal question, but I, it spoke to me a lot, and it's also money-related. And someone said, how does it feel to be a multi-millionaire? And I am struggling with it. Money does not define me. It, it never has. Like, to me, I, you know, I could have a billion dollars or I could have zero dollars, and my personality and how I feel about myself is still exactly the same. And I feel like it's very unique to L.A., where people really are define define themselves by their success. Um, so I, I feel like I can't really relate to people in my socioeconomic status. Like I, I, and it's made me very lonely. Like I relate mostly to people who don't have money and cause that's how I grew up and that's how I spent most of my life. But <laughs> the crazy thing is they don't relate to me anymore. So it's like I have more in common with rich people, but I fucking hate them. I, but I could talk to them about for hours about anything, and I still feel empty. I feel like maybe the loneliest I've ever been because I don't really feel like I, I fit in anywhere anymore. I feel like because the business became so successful so quick that I haven't really had time to adjust it. And I'm also kind of had a breakdown realizing like with dating is and not only dating but friendships is I'll never know why someone wants to be around me again like I'll never know if it's just for me or if it's because of the things I have like there was a guy I was talking to recently and he (laughs) he it had slipped out of his mouth he was like I'm so happy to have this opportunity to date you and I'm like what like what why would you describe me a romantic interest as an opportunity? Like, have you ever thought about a girl as an opportunity unless you were interested in more than just her? No, not at all. Yeah, I, I did him so quick after that. Because I was like, even if you think you like me for me, you don't. Because you're you're thinking of me and the things I'm attached to. So they could have good intentions, but it'll eventually fall apart after, you know, the the novelty of all the shit I have wears off. Yeah, that's true. Like, using that word opportunity, that's a huge red flag right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, bye. Yeah, like, 
like, you know, growing up, like, if I was ever in a relationship, like, I always knew that the person wanted me for me, because there was just, there was just nothing else around me, (laughs) you know, so there was, like, a lot of, it, it was nice, you never have to question someone's intentions, so now I'm, like, just I'm just trying to adapt to it and I'm sure I'll I'll you know get comfortable and you know find like I already I have incredible people in my life like Duran and Pilar day ones Duran and I have known each other for 10 years and Duran knew me when I was broke and our friendship has not changed over the years due to you know my success his success like so I'm I'm super grateful for the people that I have I think I'm just scared to make new friends and date because it's just like that shit hurts. Like, it fucking hurts when it's just like, oh, I was just a vessel for things to you. How do you feel like it will affect you when you become a multimillionaire? Honestly, I feel like it won't really change a whole lot. The way I move around and the way, like, I really don't spend money. Like, I just, I usually just blow money on dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Um, You know, like motorcycles, one wheels, you know, it's like. Stuff that makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how these questions are like all like kind of tied into each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I know, like I'm really good at giving financial advice to people because of my whole banking background, mm-hmm. but I'm horrible at applying it to myself because <laughs> I mean, I definitely got expensive taste and I like expensive toys that make me happy. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I just because. The way I grew up around, like, really wealthy people and me not being wealthy, you know, being on welfare and shit, like, I always had kind of, like, a resentment towards that because, like, everybody around me had it so easy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, you know? And, you know, when you get made fun of for using, like, lunch tickets and shit, like... Yep. Like, I just always hated being around, like, rich, snobby people. Dang. So, I always do... I always strive to not become that because I despise it so much. Like, mm-hmm. I just... I really fucking hated the kids I grew up with. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and, and you know, it's like when I come across them, it's like, cool, you're still a piece of shit. Cool. <laughs> awesome. You know, so I don't know. I, I hope that it doesn't change me in like a negative way. And I feel like I'll be like cautious about that. Like my, my theory about when people come into money is it doesn't change you. It makes you more of who you already are. So if you're a good person, you're going to use your money to do good things and help people. If you're a shitty person, but you're broke, you are probably clinging on to people and acting like a good person only to use them. So when you get your own money, it's like, fuck you. I don't, I don't fuck with broke bitches. And then you're like, whoa, when did this guy turn into asshole? Surprise. He was always an asshole. So that, (laughs) that will never, that will never happen to you. But like, do you worry about like how it would like affect, you know, cause you're single too. Like, do you worry about how it would affect like dating for you or your friends yeah definitely i get worried that like you know you'll attract like gold diggers and stuff but luckily no one can spot one of those quicker than me (laughs) you know so you have like a built-in uh like defense system because like i know like subtle shit that like a woman will say will be like huh interesting when people approach me and they want my time for whatever reason like i always look at it as like what do you want from me like what is your underlying like goal what do you want to achieve or like, Mm -hmm. you know, milk me for or whatever. And I have no problem. It's like collaborating with like, you know, something that makes sense to me, but like, I'm not going to let somebody ride my name just because like they know me in some small way or something like that, you know? So I I know if I'm very cautious, like it takes a lot to like 
I guess, get to me. You're one of those people that can interact with people, have a whole on conversation, connect with them, but still reveal very little about yourself. And I think that's something that's going to help you adjust to having money in the future and probably not struggle the way that I am (laughs) right now. Uh, but like, you know, I don't, I don't want to complain like, oh, boo-hoo, poor me, locked up in my penthouse with all this money, uh, being alone. But like that, you know, that's just me being honest and that's my truth right now because I just didn't have a lot of time to adapt to it. Like I've always been around money as long as I've been in sex work, but it was never mine. So it's like a different vibe when it's actually yours and you're not trying to get it from other people and now they're trying to get it from me. Like I feel like it's very, like very karmic. Um, so I'm trying, I'm just trying to learn the lessons as quickly as possible because it just, you know, I've had so many people take advantage of me and now that there's so much to lose, it's just like, I'm just so paranoid, but you know, this is the season that I'm in and I'm super grateful for you. So thank you for not being a piece of shit. I'm grateful for you too. And yeah, I'm glad you're not (laughs) a piece of shit either, but yeah, Yeah. it's so hard to find people that you connect with and that are solid as fuck because it's like we've seen it it's like people that i've connected with known for years and then only to come find out later mm-hmm. they're like oh okay you're a piece of shit like yeah you were just playing the long game with me mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah so it, it sucks when that happens but it does and you learn from it and you grow from it yeah and and maybe it's an la thing like maybe it's not like that everywhere but at least for where we're at you know you have to be extra careful so yeah that's all the questions let me know what you guys think the first the return episode of ho radio and yeah thanks for listening and i'm not sure when the next episode will be but i'm really looking forward to it so make sure you follow me on instagram so you can submit your questions my insta is at the ho mentor and then check out Duran on TikTok. Again, what is your TikTok? D-A-R-O-N underscore. He's got like 200K on there now. Growing every day. And what is your Instagram? R-R underscore D-A underscore R-O-N. Okay. Uh, thank you, Duran, for your valuable insight. Always appreciate a male perspective. And um, yeah. I'll see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.